You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. Let's go. He's our first world champion in freestyle wrestling, Rick Sanders. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, folks. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great Dan Gable. It's a short episode, but the story's worth it. So here's the context. We were out at Coach Gable's cabin a few weeks ago recording an interview for our upcoming audio documentary, which we'll announce sometime in mid-July, hopefully before the Olympics. And after the interview... Coach Gable's giving us a tour of his cabin. We stumble upon a picture of he and Rick Sanders, and he proceeds to tell us this amazing story that I personally have never heard before. Now, Rick Sanders was an Oregon native, two-time Olympic silver medalist, world champion in 1969. He was known as a wild man back in the day, and I think you're going to understand why after you listen to this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As always, fan of the week goes to our good friend Bill McKenna, Bill recently moved to New York from Chicago. We're going to miss him. He's been a tremendous help to this podcast, and we can't thank you enough. And folks, as always, this episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. I know the wrestling season just ended, but as you start to look at custom team orders for the upcoming season, please check out Spartan Combat. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Dan Gable. This is your guy, Rick Sanders, huh? Yep. Man. Yep, there's, and he's up there, and then that, then there's this, the the article in the Amateur Russell News about him getting killed right after that. He's the guy that after the 72 Olympics, he's our first world champion really? in freestyle wrestling, Rick Sanders, 1965, uh, 68 or 9, was in New Delhi, India, or somewhere, but he was our first wow. world champion, Rick Sanders. Then, but he was nuts, drank, and, but Bill Wick and Bill Farrell were the first coaches that ever, you know, knew how to handle him, and he's the guy that says, Gable, Gable, you drink milk, I drink beer. You know, that's, that's the kind of kid that he goes, the coach says, no girls in our, our, our room at, at the Olympic, tra- Olympic uh, Training Center after 10 o'clock. He took his bed out of his room, put it on his balcony, 
and my balcony was right above him, so I could look down and see him right during the Olympic Games. So then in 1970, wait a minute, so he won the Worlds, and then in 1970 he got beat in the Worlds, but he was up a weight. And so, so then in 71, he's going to try out, but he's at a camp in the summertime in New York. It was a famous wrestling camp. I can't remember the name of it right now, but uh, and I've been to it. And he wanted to go to town, and it was like six miles away. So he went out on the highway to hitchhike to town, and he was hitchhiking to town. Got he got into some people stopped and picked him up, and it was in a. He claimed it was a bunch of guys that were like drinking, and and he claims that, and they, he gave him one that they must have laced it with some kind of drug because they dropped him off and he still had another two miles to go to town. And he took all his clothes off and he stood naked on the highway and was hitchhiking. And a cop came by. The cop picked him up. Cop must have put him in the front seat or if, if he was in the back seat, they didn't seal it off because most cop cars have a seal yeah. off. So the cop put him in, and as he's walking around, he jumped onto the driver's side and stole the cop car and took off. And they caught him about 30 miles down the road later, and, and, a and they threw him in jail and all that. He got kicked out of wrestling in 1971, the year I, went, that I won the Worlds. Don Beam made the team in that year. Uh, so then him and Beam uh, had a, but so he had his, he got kicked out for a year, but then the next year in 72, he got to come back and he beat Beam in some unbelievable matches. Low scoring, but unbelievable scramble, 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 scramble. So it was like three to two or something. And you could go out of bounds then when you're wrestling and you didn't lose any points and all that kind of stuff. So he went to the Olympics and he got beat. But he saw me and he always, he hitchhiked through Waterloo, Iowa, my hometown one time, just going from one part of the state to the country, one part of the country. He stopped at my dad's house. It's probably the year I was training for the Olympics, probably because he probably started respecting me a little bit. And he, he drank beer with my dad, and then he slept in my bed that night. And I was, you know, I was in Ames training. But you know, I didn't even know about it till later. So anyway, awesome. so after the Olympics, he comes up to me that night. We were at a restaurant. And so you see who's there, Chris Taylor, Iowa State. You see Ben Peterson, Iowa State. You see John Peterson, who lived with me at Iowa State my last year. And then you see me. And he says, Gable, you know, you're, you've amazed me. I never, you know, can't believe the guys that came through and you affected those guys. And uh, he said, I'm going to let you, I want to come train with you and I want you to be my coach for the next four years. And I said, well, this is the night we won the gold. And he got the silver. And he goes, when can we start? I says, well, I'm going to Greco practice tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. This is right when we won the Olympics. He goes, tomorrow morning? I go, yeah. He said, okay, come get me. So I came the next day, and I knocked on his, mo knocked on his door. And he didn't open it for a while. And finally, he just kind of opened it, and he looked. And he was like, must have been drinking. And I could see behind him, it was the girl. And she was, I got a pretty good eye for. And 
He goes, it's time to go already? And I go, yeah. He goes, okay, well, I, th I think I'll start tomorrow with you. <laughs> Guess what? Tomorrow never came in. He went out hitchhiking, got killed in Germany that day in a car wreck by a person that picked him up. Went off a cliff. Uh, so he, he died over at the Olympics. That was the last time I ever saw him. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he drank a lot. Oh, after weigh-ins, he always had a beer. After weigh-ins. Post weigh-in celebration. So, uh, so one of the matches at the Olympics, he comes off and he's wobbling a little bit and he beat the hell out of the guy. But I, he, go, I go, he goes, Gable, I had two beers today after weigh-ins. <laughs> Oh God, oh, he was a character. He was a character. Yeah, yeah. He showed up at the national tournament in 1966. My first night, I was a high school senior, and I was my first national tournament. I watched. He ripped through that weight class. He just beat the hell out of the guy in the finals. Torched him. Arm bars. He's the one that taught me arm bars. Really? Yeah, he killed me with them. <laughs> he beat me six to nothing. Uh, I, I, my first freestyle match was the United States Championships. As a freshman in college, that was the first time I ever wrestled in freestyle. Yeah, and but I, I got bronzed, but I had, he beat me six zero. But he was um, uh, I shot on him, and he was going around behind me. I did a Granby roll, mm -hmm. so I lost two. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, I shot on him again. And he came started going around me again. I did another Granby roll. I was down four zero with two Grambys. And with no control, and just the way it is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I kept getting in on him, and I couldn't finish on his leg. He was—I just didn't have the wouldn't cut the corner good enough, and I tried to battle him, you know, leg on arm, and he just no way. He had big thighs. And he was—that was when I was—that was at one twenty-five and a half my uh, freshman year. Uh, when I was redshirting that year, not redshirting, but you couldn't wrestle in college at that time. So, um, wow. so right before the match, his match, he had heard about me, and because uh, I was just out of high school, you know, first year in college, and you know, he had a you know a couple years older, two three years older, and so, so he comes up to me before I'm warming up for his match in the, in the uh, semis or something, and uh, he comes up to me and he goes, okay, well. Actually, he did this, like, not right before the match, right before this, a session ended and we'd go out and, you know, eat and come back. But he, he knew that he had knee next. I probably didn't even know he had, uh, who I had. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey, Gable, Rick Sanders, you know. I just want you to know, you got me next. You better bring a baseball bat with you. <laughs> that's what he told me. Yeah. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. To watch the full video interview, go to YouTube Wrestling Changed My Life. And that's it. We'll see you next time.